Welcome back to Tears, Ties, and Transformation, a podcast about healing. I am Kiana Daniels. And I am Bridget Flaherty. And today we are having a conversation with Clarissa Foster, who is a local entrepreneur here in the Dayton region, as well as another woman who is on her healing journey. Well, thank you for having me and thank you for inviting me. I am Clarissa, a.k.a. Riss. I am the owner and founder of Charm by Wrist. We are a handmade custom jewelry boutique, and we also do 3D crafts and specialty gifts. So that's a little about me, a little bit about my background, raised here from Dayton. Previous career was accounting, finance, and I just found that that no longer served me. And so here I am doing something that I'm passionate about. Yeah, that's a little bit about me. I'll tell you a little bit about how I met Clarissa. Actually, because she is an entrepreneur and I work with entrepreneurs, our first initial meeting was at Black Founders Night at the Arcade a few months back. And then again, she was applying for an entrepreneur program, and I was a part of her interview for that program. And she was talking about her jewelry business, which has been a part of her healing journey, really a result of her healing journey, because it is all about self-awareness and self-love and the process of creating that jewelry for herself and others has been a catalyst to her healing. And she pours all of what she's doing, the work she's doing into that work. And so as she was telling her story about her jewelry, she was so passionate and she was so moved and she began to cry. And I knew she had a story. And I went in on the side and sent her a DM and I said, Clarissa, first and foremost, thank you for sharing, for being so passionate and vulnerable and so connected to your work. Me and my co-founder, Bridget, we have a podcast about healing and something is telling me that you have a story. And I would like to invite you to be a guest on our podcast. And so she responded and she was just so ecstatic and so moved. And she said, Kiana, I do have a story and I would love to share and be on your podcast, but I'm not ready yet. So if you have a second season, I want to come on and I'll be ready then. Healing for me was weird. It is uncomfortable. God has just taken me out of so many comfort zones. One of those comfort zones being leaping from corporate America. So it's just been like, okay, what is trauma? What is this healing? What is this? Like, it's just been like, ah, it's just been like that. So I got a life coach and I got a therapist that helped me to set boundaries and it helped me to respect myself more. And then Also, with the healing journey, I didn't realize that what I was passionate about was helping me heal. I got into doing jewelry because of self-care, self-love, just relaxation. I'm one of those people who can't sit still. (laughs) So building jewelry helps me to just relax. And so I was like, you know what? I really like this. People like my jewelry. My sister and I had a business way before I started by myself. 
And so I started my business based off of self-care, self-awareness, self-love. And that is when the healing journey started. So not only was I trying to heal, trying to start a business, but just trying to become a better person all the way around. So all of that at one time was just like overwhelming. (laughs) Everyone who's on the healing journey, woman, man, doesn't really matter. Like we all have experienced those ups and downs with it, the good and the bad that comes with it. And just like the insight, right? Because when you start to heal, you start to unlearn and you start to learn new things. And it's definitely like being in school. Yes, it is. It's like being in college all over. Right. Yes. It's like learning new things like, wait, this isn't how I learned it. Now I have to relearn all these things. And yeah, very uncomfortable. And so I was just like, yeah, Clarissa, I totally understand. And Bridget understands and Everyone who's going to be listening to this podcast who is on the healing journey can probably resonate with it being like college because it is such a learning journey at the same time. It's not only a healing journey. It's a learning journey of things that happen to us, things that are happening to us, and things that are going to happen to us. I absolutely and totally resonate with healing being a learning journey. And it's a combination of soaking in teachings from masters, from people who have been on the journey before, from sacred texts, and listening to yourself, your own wisdom within. In both situations, it can feel like a tide, a wave of information that is like drinking from a fire hose, right? Which college can feel like that. So that overwhelming sense of so much information coming at once, but also taking the time to practice, right? College is about studying, about being intentional, about selecting which courses you're going to take, about looking to the future. And healing is too, about being deliberate that I'm going to choose to learn about this methodology for healing, or I'm going to dive deep into this sacred text, and I'm going to sit in this class with this master, this person who knows more than I do about healing. I think that definitely resonates. And it's about theory plus application. So we get all the knowledge, we get the tools, and then there's a time for application. How do we apply that to our lives? The new things that we're learning, what does that look like practiced? So absolutely. And listening to Clarissa's story made me think about my own story because it was just so interesting that our stories were very, very similar in needing to heal relationships with our fathers and setting boundaries with family as we began to heal. I went on to ask when she knew she needed to heal and she responded with, Some things just had to change. They had to really change because she had this feeling in her body, in her mind, and it was both unconscious and subconscious that that was in alignment that said something has to shake, something has to break. We need to do things differently. I was just in my basement one day like, okay, some things have to change. I can't keep being the same person that I've been. Not that I was a bad person. I just felt like, it's not everybody around me. It's me too. And I felt like I needed to fix some toxicity within me in order for me to have better relationships. And uh, I don't know, it just came on me very, very heavy. Like you need to be doing something different. Almost kind of like God tapping me on the shoulder. Like you need to be doing something over here and not over there. 
So it just came on all of a sudden. And it was very scary because I didn't know what it was. And I didn't know what self-care was. And I think once I learned what self-care was, that opened up the door to me speaking better to myself and just wanting better for myself. I resonate with that. I think that the universe, God, source, higher power will give us these signs, right? And sometimes it's a whisper. Sometimes it's a tap on the shoulder, right? And if we listen to that tap on the shoulder, we avoid the next steps, which are a shove and a fall down. And if we get back up and still don't listen, it's a two by four. Like we keep getting these signs that if we listen to that whisper or we listen to that tap on the shoulder, we can prevent further suffering. So I love that she describes it like that because that really is how it feels. It's like this nudge of something's not right. What am I going to do about it? Bridget, yes, that was my experience. I felt like God kept trying to come and get me. And I was just like, no, not yet. I'm not ready. (laughs) And then it was the two by four to knock me all the way on my butt. And I was just like, dang, that hurts so bad. Why'd you have to do it like that? But the reality of the situation was it was a whisper first. It was a soft nudging. And then it was very aggressive because I was not getting it any other way. And you want to know something that I'm like kind of making a connection to now in this moment? That is because growing up, you didn't know it was time or bad until it was like fireworks. Like the soft nudges never worked out for us in our family. It was just like, oh, we got to have a whole explosion for us to understand, oh, some stuff is really bad and we have to do some changing here. So that is so interesting that you say that. And it is a very common experience in that anyone who is on the healing journey, who is experiencing it or has experienced it, it started as a result of something specific, an experience that was very specific, that was uncomfortable, tragic, disruptive, or life-altering. It almost has to hit you. It has to be so uncomfortable that you're like, I cannot keep doing this. I have to change. And then the healing starts. I think it's incredibly powerful, too, that she, in that decision, looked at herself and said, I don't want to repeat these patterns, right? So often victim mode looks like everybody else is the perpetrator, and that prevents us from healing because the truth is that we are in co-creation with others in our lives. And so often it's easier to point fingers and say, this happened to me, and that's why I am the way that I am. And the truth is we are creating ourselves in every moment and we have the power to change the way that we show up. We have the power to say, I don't want to be this way anymore. I want to show up differently. But that takes an incredible amount of self-reflection, of humility, examination. It's not easy to identify the ways in which you haven't showed up positively or you haven't showed up as your best self, your best version. and taking accountability for that. Like, that's not easy. At all, that practice of holding ourselves accountable and challenging ourselves to say, what was my part? And going internal and saying, what can I do? What is my contribution to this experience, this situation, is what helped her to understand that she needed to heal. And she said the turning point for her was healing from her childhood stuff that she thought she had let go of. I say the turning point for me was healing from childhood, stuff that I thought I had let go of. And a lot of that was 
disrespect, how I've treated myself, how I've treated my parents, just not being a bad person, but just needing to say things differently, needing to do things a little bit differently. So I went through a period where I wasn't speaking with my father and God brought us back together. He brought us back together and we went through a healing period. And I didn't realize that that healing period opened the door to so much more. And I didn't feel like I needed that, but I guess I really, really did. And I felt like healing that relationship with my father also healed my relationship and how I looked at men and how I looked at the relationship I was in. And I realized how I wasn't being fair, how I was being selfish. So that turning point with healing with my father opened up so many doors. It just opened up healing with my mother, healing with my siblings, healing with my children, healing with my boyfriend now, just healing and just trying to be better. And it was hard for my family, too. I mean, they're like, what is this? This is not who we know. And that's what it was, me trying to come out of who they all said or thought I was. The biggest part of the healing journey was healing my relationship with my father, just totally stopping the disrespect. Wow, I almost feel like we're the same person. (laughs) I mean, like, talk about healing relationships from childhood hurt. And our families and our friends and people who know us and have known us, they try to keep us to be that person, right? But life is all about growth, right? And people say, change. Well, yeah, I did change, but like, can you change with me? I'm supposed to change, yes. (laughs) Can you come along on this journey with me? It makes it very uncomfortable for everybody to do that. So what was that experience like for you? It was so hard. It was like family and close friends that I felt like, why am I distancing from them? Not so much that it was them or it was me. It was just situations were happening that people just were snatched away from me. And I'm just like, I don't understand this. And I cried and I cried. You know, there were people in particular that nothing really happened, but something must have happened for us to separate and part ways. And it was family, it was friends, and it was just, I didn't understand it. I was frustrated about it. I was hurt about it. But then I started to realize some of these people were taking more from me than I had to give. That was just it. It wasn't a good thing. It wasn't a bad thing. It was just they needed to move out the way so that I could evolve into more. Evolving, I just realized a lot of the toxic behavior in myself. And once I started to fix those things, just speaking better about me, I really didn't care what anybody else thought. Once I started to feel like I feel better about this, I feel better about myself. And once I started saying, "Okay, no, just no, I used to be that yes, girl. Yes, yes, yes to everything. And I just was like, no. Once I learned to say no, oh, it was on the floor. then. (laughs) It was like. Oh, I can do this. And then the hardest, hardest part of that was my parents, was my siblings. My mom was just like, no, I'm not having this boundaries. What? I don't understand that. (laughs) Mom, I'm really, really busy. I'm sorry. I can't tell you everything all the time, but I can talk to you on this day, this time. And that's just it. And it was like, she texted, she'd call. And I'd be like, oh my God, mom, just one day a week. And so, Once we got over that hurdle, she started to ease up. And I was just like, we had a conversation that one day I might have been a little bit testy. And I said to her, 
let me go and let me grow. And at first it was offensive. I think maybe it was my tone to her and I had to clean it up a little bit. Like, mom, no, I'm serious. Like, I don't mean let me go as in let me fly away, but I'm just saying, let me go in the sense that meet me where I am right now. I'm not that little girl anymore. You have to meet me as an adult. And I think she understood that. I feel like our relationship is better now once I recognize the selfishness and toxic behavior in myself. I got better with my parents. I got better with my siblings. I got better in my relationship because at first it was like me blaming him, me blaming everybody else. But it was me. It was really just me. And that was a hard pill to swallow. Like you have really been a mean, nasty girl. And I just start cleaning that up. It almost always starts with us realizing that we have childhood traumas that have taken a hold of us and that are showing up in our adult lives. And then we are perpetuating and stuck in a cycle of these experiences. And we're like, well, why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep finding myself here in this situation, experiencing negativity or drama or abuse or just unhappiness? And until we get tired and we just get to a place where we can't take it anymore, then we can start to realize where it stems from, what the root cause is. Nine times out of 10 and almost 10 times out of 10, it is something from our childhood that we just subconsciously have not let go of. Absolutely. I think that whatever was comfortable to us as children, even if it was chaos, we recreate that in adulthood because we know how to navigate it. So if we grew up in chaos, we create chaos because that's what we know. Unhealthy norms. Exactly. And we have to imagine a different possibility before we can create a different possibility. And the only way to imagine a different possibility is to start to question the patterns that have been comfortable. Holding yourself accountable because that is important on the journey of healing because we do like to say what people did to us and not that they didn't. People do a lot of things to us. But when we become adults, we totally have the power to shift that and say, no, boundaries. I'm not going to allow you to do that to me anymore. Because at that point, it's like we're giving them the permission to continue to hurt us. And so we do have to say, no, enough is enough. Like, no, I just can't. This doesn't work for me anymore. What that is is taking our power back. When we say, my mom did this to me and that's why I am this way, we're basically giving that person, parent, grandparent, ex-lover, whatever, power over us. We're saying that I show up this way because they did something. No, I get to show up however I choose to show up. Now, did what they do hurt me? Yeah. Do I need to sit in that and heal from that and examine the patterns that have been created from that? Absolutely. But that is what taking my power back looks like. Taking my power back looks like being accountable for who I am because I get to be who I want to be. And that is what Clarissa was explaining to us. She was taking her power back by holding herself accountable to do the very necessary healing that she needed to do to have a different result. I didn't know that I was supposed to protect my peace. I've been giving, giving, giving and not giving to myself. And I'm like, okay, you got to stop all that. I mean, being selfish sometimes is good, but being selfish sometimes isn't good. That selfish self-sabotaging is where it was like, okay, Clarissa, you need to change this up some because you're, again, blaming everybody else and not taking any responsibility yourself. 
even like I said, in my relationship, I have a great guy, but I wasn't fair to him a lot of the time. And I think that unfairness was because of the daddy issues. And it's not to say that my father was a bad guy. That's not it. I wanted more time with my father is what it was. And I got that time as an adult and that healed everything. And that healing with my father made me realize that you've been unfair to this guy. This guy, he don't cheat on you. He don't do none of that stuff, but you're making him pay for everybody else. And that wasn't fair to him. And so once I started realizing that I had done that, I had to take a look in the mirror. Like, this is not who you are. You got to do better. And so we broke up. We went through a period of a breakup and it hurt so bad because I'm just like, I cannot live without this guy. I can't live without him. And so I got myself together and we both took time apart and we both grew. We both grew and I feel like we got through the worst of it. And five or six years later, we're good. We are in the best place ever. He is my person. That's my best friend. Yeah. But it took for me to heal me in order to love him because I didn't love myself. What you're talking about, that whole blaming other people and then having to look in the mirror. I've gone through that, too. I go through that, I think, all the time. And I really try to stay in the practice of holding myself accountable so that I know that I'm not projecting onto other people my stuff. Because we all do that. Like everybody in the world, we all project. And that's the thing. Terminology is like hurt people hurt people. That's my favorite line. And we got to stop. And that's just what it is. Hurt people hurt people. And he and I both sat down and we conversated about that. And he's like, I'm doing some of those things that hurt me. And I'm like, and I'm doing some of those things to you that hurt me. So just stop. Just stop. That is so beautiful that y'all were able to do that together, too, to start healing. It sounds like as a result of you healing yourself, then opened the door for him to do a little bit of healing, too, within you all's relationship. Yes, I feel like that's true. Yes. To be able to name things and to acknowledge and identify things that need to change that's not working. And to be able to heal and do your work, our work, in partnership with someone is a very, very, very difficult thing to do. Blending families. Oh, my God. That is one of the hardest things I've had to do in life, I feel like. <laughs> blending kids, blending families, blending households. Like, oh, my God, this is so not what I'm used to. Honestly, I was used to the guy who left. I was used to being the secret. I was used to the uncommitted relationships. I was used to all of that. And here this guy is giving me something different. And I didn't know how to react to that. I couldn't be fair to him because I was still going crazy about the past. It is like a tide. It's like a wave of all these things that need to take place. But it's also a building block, right? One thing impacts the next. And so that's why it's really important on the healing journey. And as Clarissa is like sharing her story, it's like she had to first lay the foundation for other things to happen. I think it's so incredibly wonderful that she's willing to share that story with us vulnerably. And I think it's so true that when we heal wounds from one relationship, it helps us in all areas of our lives, in our intimate relationships and relationships with friends. It's incredible how addressing wounds from one area of our life can be so impactful in all areas of our lives. Part of that accountability that she was holding herself to was 
the disrespect in how she treated herself. She realized that it had to start with her first. And all of that started from her healing the relationship with her father first and foremost. So I was just like, yeah, I know that experience so very well. Our relationships with our parents have so much weight. They hold so much weight in our lives and how we treat ourselves and how we treat other people. And it is because the little children in us, our younger versions of ourselves, never receive something that we wanted from our parents. And so our adult selves and our younger selves, they have to start talking to each other so that we can say our adult selves, who has the power to shift and change things, can say to our younger selves, like, hey, it's okay. I'm doing the work that you weren't able to do. Or I'm going to first give you the love that you didn't receive from your parents. And then that's going to give me the courage to then speak to them and tell them how that made me feel so that we can start to heal that relationship and have some forgiveness and start to let go so that we can experience in our present lives what we want to experience. Healthy relationships, joy, peace, forgiveness, resolution. And that happened with Clarissa and her father. And then it just allowed her to blossom into all the other areas of her life that needed to heal. Reparenting is this idea that we give to ourselves what we wanted our parents to give to us. And I think that's the first step in recognizing that externalizing what we want is going to continue to disappoint us. So acknowledging that I didn't receive love in this way that I wanted as a child. And so I am going to give that to myself now. I am going to fill that void first, allows me to then show up as an adult in relationship to my parents who are adults, instead of saying, you didn't give me this, I want it. I want it. I want it. You didn't give this to me, so I gave it to myself. Let's start from that place and let's have conversations about moving forward. And that looks so different. And the truth is that is true in other relationships in our lives. When we externalize our happiness and say, I can only feel good if you do this for me, you're never going to get it, right? You have to give it to yourself first and say, okay, I now feel safe in myself and can now have a conversation about what I expect in this relationship. Right. And that's what Clarissa did. Exactly what you said. She had to give herself what her parents couldn't and accept or really acknowledge rather that people can only give what they have to give. She also talked about how her healing made it difficult to engage with those closest to her because of the healing she was empowered to create boundaries with them. So her family started asking questions like, what is this healing you're doing and why? And why are you distancing yourself from us, your family? And it was hurtful to her to have to do what she needed to do for her, but it was also very necessary for her own health and wellness. My parents don't know what they didn't know, and they did the best that they could. Me being a parent now to a 17-year-old, I do realize the disrespect that I gave my parents. No, I wasn't a bad kid. No, not at all. I didn't let the love and the light in so that I could heal faster, if that makes sense. I just kept closed in, like, no, 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 kept protected. I protected my kids. I kept my kids from everybody because I was selfish with that. And I feel like had I let my family in 
more, my kids would be a little friendlier. (laughs) But that healing, like just that healing and letting go of anger for where I feel like my parents should have did this in this moment. And now I'm facing that moment and I'm like, okay, I get it. I'll say what I'm so grateful for. My family is getting better and better. And oftentimes, too, when we're on that healing journey, it may be difficult, but they're watching us and they're starting to get inspired by it. And slowly but surely, they start to want to do their own. I think it's interesting you talked about how what is it about families, right, that perpetuates the patterns. And I think that is in general, it even goes back to language. There's an idea of ownership in families. So when you say my child, that just in its wording says ownership, my wife, my partner, my child, my father. And by using that language, which it is the language that exists, it's signaling ownership. And when I have that thought pattern, my child, then they reflect on me. They are an extension of me. They are part of who I am. And we have to break that understanding, right? My father is a human and I am in relation with him. I don't own him. I can't control him in the same way that parents being embarrassed because a child does something and I feel embarrassed because they reflect on me. And the truth is they are their own human doing their own thing. And so in order to address these family patterns, we have to break this understanding that I am a reflection of you or an extension of you or you are an extension of me sometimes is so hard because those patterns are so ingrained that my family is mine instead of my sister is her own person who is in relation with me. Very different way of viewing those relationships. That's a good point, Bridget. And reducing or eliminating the ownership of our family helps us to realize that we are all on our own journeys. It doesn't look the same. It doesn't happen at the same time. And we have to honor that and we have to respect it. We have to create room for it. And so that has been the journey of Clarissa and so many people on the healing journey. And I so resonate because it's been my personal story. Like I've had to have grace with my family. So like when we're healing, our family and friends are like, what is this? Who are you? You're changing. You're acting different. And they are in the way because they're trying to hold us to the people that we have always been to them. I actually really like the idea of it being breaking free for them to get out of the way. You creating boundaries that allow you to create space for your own growth. And that's so important. I love the visual of that. The visual of I can see my path ahead of me and I need to break free of what is holding me back from reaching what I see is meant for me. Clarissa mentioned her mom being the most difficult relationship that needed to change because... Moms are so used to being in control of, again, that ownership, my children, that they want us to grow. They want us to be our best, but they don't always know how to actually deal with that. Just last week, I said to her, I cannot no longer be the mommy's girl, the daddy's girl. I'm my mom's oldest. I'm my dad's middle, but I'm the only girl. And I'm just like, I cannot be that anymore. I have to grow up. And my mom was like, well, I guess I didn't think about it like that. And I'm like, mom, I'm a spoiled brat. I I can't be a brat anymore. 
I have to grow up from that. And so that's where I am. I'm growing from that. And I can now sit next to the eight-year-old me and say, it's okay. It's okay. And to be able to talk to my daughter about it now is like, that's my little bestie. At 17, I have to meet her at 17. I have to let go and let her grow. And I told her, we had a conversation and I'm like, you're going to be all right. I know that if I let you go into this world right now, you're going to be okay. Yeah, you're going to call me all the time for everything, but (laughs) you're going to be able to handle yourself. That son of mine's down. Yeah, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) It's always the boys. It's always the boys. Sounds so full circle, right? Like your kids are also helping you heal and to help have grace with your parents. Yes, absolutely. Because now you're experiencing it. Oh, man. When I started to see my parents as human beings, as not just my parents, it doesn't matter that they're my parents, that they're older than me. And I feel as a child that they should know better. They don't because they're also human and they are figuring it out like us. Absolutely. We're stumbling every day and we can learn the lessons and we put things into place, use it as wisdom to help ourselves and other people. But like literally they are doing the same in the biological age does not matter because the reality of the situation is they didn't have the space to heal. We are teaching them. Yes, absolutely. And my mom will say that you're teaching me. Yes. So that's really beautiful. I just love it. And then now as you're healing, you're helping your daughter to kind of you're giving her grace to grow into her own understanding what you went through. And that's the beautiful part. And to me, that seems like you're breaking generational curses. Absolutely. That's the whole goal. My daughter will tell me like she'll laugh and joke like I'm going to have some trauma because of you, mom. And I'm like, (laughs) you know what? You will. But I've given you the tools on how to heal that. And it will take therapy. I am not afraid to say I keep my mental health in check. I'm okay to say I'm not okay. I'm okay, but I'm not okay. And I'm okay with not being okay. And yeah, so my daughter, yeah, she's got a lot of me, (laughs) a lot of that (laughs) attitude. And I'm just like, you cannot have that attitude at 17. It's just too much. But I allow my kids to be vocal and teaching them now to set boundaries and to be respectful, to be respected, and yeah, just meet you where you are. As a mother, I, in the past, thought I know best. I know what is best for you. Just listen. But the truth is, I don't know what's best. I only know what's best for me. It is arrogance for me as a mother to think I know best for you as my adult daughter. Now, do I know what's best for the four-year-old? Probably in the instance where they want to eat 17 cookies and their stomach's going to hurt. I probably do. But you know what? My daughter's a grown woman and she knows what is best for her. And my job at this point is just to love on her and to accept her growth. Does she make choices that maybe I would make differently? Absolutely. But that's because that's her life and I'm living my life. Man, let go and let me grow. That is some powerful words. I was just like, ooh, yeah, you just said a whole word right there. Because this is one thing that I think parents and caregivers don't always acknowledge. That grip can be so tight that it enables us and it cripples us. Enables us to do things that are not good, making poor decisions because they're always there to save you. And then crippling because it's just like, You are in the way. Move. 
Life is going to happen and I have to learn how to navigate and maneuver through it. She's now able to share the tools she's using for herself with those that she cares most about. And having a life coach and a therapist, which are two of her tools, has also helped Clarissa to heal and open up to trusting and being vulnerable with others and to create better friendships. My meeting with my life coach was all just God divine. It was just divinely connected. And I met her at a self-care event. It was the first event that I'd ever been to. I didn't even know what self-care was. Like, I don't even know if I'd ever heard that in a sentence. And so I went to this event. I was super heavy. I was in a dark period. I had a lot of depression and anxiety. We had these masks and they had us write on the mask what we wanted to remove. And I wrote on my mask, depression, anxiety. Those are the two I remember. And so they had everybody in the room stand up and take their mask off. And when I got up and took my mask off, I'm like, oh, my God, I am in this room with all these women. I cannot believe I am crying and letting this out. And so that event was super, super eye opening for me. And my life coach, she hugged me and there were all these people covering me. And I saw the picture of that later. And I'm like, who's that lady in that picture? She hugged me, but I don't know who she is. And so she said to me that day when she hugged me, she's like, I feel it all over you. And that's what she said to me. But I didn't remember that later because I was just trying to get out of there. I was a hot mess. And so a few months later, we were in another group setting and I looked over at her and I just started crying. And I said, I've been looking for you. And she's like, you've been looking for me? I've been looking for you too. But tell me why you've been looking for me. So I got to my phone real fast and I found the picture and I was like, is this you? And she goes, that's me with a different hairstyle. And so she hugged me and she said, let it go. I feel it all over you. It just took me out. (laughs) And so me divinely being connected to her, I didn't know she was a life coach. And once I found that out, I was like, I need a life coach. Now I know what it is. I need her. And so she helped me with setting those boundaries. She encouraged me to get the therapy, to heal the trauma, to identify the trauma. She gave me exercises that helped me in my relationships all across the board, just healthy relationships and how to build those. And then with therapy, it was more so of just accepting people for who they are. And that was just hard for me to do, I guess. I wanted people to be the way I wanted them to be. And that wasn't it. Wow, that is beautiful. That sounds like a divine connection. And I love that you were able to, in the midst of everything that you had going on, be able to identify like she was it. She was a part of. Absolutely. A part of the growth. Yes. A part of the growth. One of the tools in the toolbox. Told me I needed community and that was what I needed. I started letting other women in that love and light. And I'm just like, I like it here. I like it here. I'm passionate about empowering and inspiring others. Letting go and overcoming what people think about you is one of the best things that we could ever do. Best thing you could ever do for yourself. It changes your life. It does. It really does. And that's where I am now is like, I'm coming out of my shell. I've always been kind of quiet, a little shy, but then again, not like I'm a little open. I have talk to me written across my forehead so I mean I've always been kind of like sheltered as far as I've kept myself that way and only I did that so only I could fix that only I could once I got that self-awareness 
that was where I was like, I need to make some changes. And then I started dreaming and dreaming and dreaming. And I'm like, I hear you, God. I hear you. And everything that I've written, everything that I have planned, everything that I have dreamed, it's happening. Whether it happens when I want it to or not. (laughs) Right. It's happening. That relationship has been helping her so much in her healing journey because she has helped her to set those boundaries. She has helped her to love herself, to articulate and to advocate for herself and strengthen the relationships that are very close and near and dear to her heart. I'm a firm believer that when we're ready, the teachers that we need will appear. And so I love the idea that her life coach is divinely inspired, divinely sent, because when we're ready, we're in a safe space and it's time. The guides, they show up. Absolutely. And when I asked about the advice and encouragement she wanted to leave with our listeners, the things she's learned. I would say get out of your own way. That is hard, but you just have to stop. Just move out of the way. Let the Lord lead you or whatever higher power. Let that lead you. There is nothing you can't do. Take action on every step and believe in yourself and be aware of self. Just be aware of self and be better. Get out of the way. Get out of your own way is probably the best advice we can give each other. We are the ones that create the patterns in our lives. And in order to change those patterns, we've got to step back and really examine and get out of our way. Absolutely. And be open to the possibilities that come with getting out of our way, with seeking guidance from guides, from being present. Absolutely. So important. Absolutely. And so, Clarissa, we want to thank you for your time and for your bravery, for sharing your healing journey with us, and for all the tips and tools you left behind. And we also want to thank Will Foster for your generous support of this episode of Tears, Tides, and Transformation, a podcast about healing. I am Kiana Daniels. And I am Bridget Flaherty. Thank you for being here with us. I see I see new tides carry on through the years, transform through the tears, the audacity of you going through it all, the audacity of you trusting self all.